I'm Jonathan Dio with the Mindful Money Podcast. In this episode zero, I'm going to give you a little background about who I am and tell you a little bit about why I started the show. I was really interested in money when I was very young. Between the ages of three and 15, no one in my household had a job and had a steady income. So that created a scenario where money was scarce and I always wanted more. And so I started studying finance. I studied business and I got really interested in finance. And I invested when I was 10 years old in my first stock. And I was reading things like value line research when most kids were playing with toys and playing with GI Joe and stuff. I was studying finance and I went to college to study finance, but I very quickly got bored to tears with the actual academic study of finance. And so I shifted to philosophy and religious studies and I ended up going to graduate school. I started out as a Lutheran seminarian. I was going to be a Lutheran minister. I thought as I was going through the program that that was too focused and I became very interested in comparative religion. Really the thing that was most interesting to me was what made people tick? What made people make decisions? What made people make specific choices? And I ended up studying Buddhist phenomenology But even that I didn't graduate in. I ended up dropping out of a master's program with this belief that I would be going for a PhD because my first wife at the time suggested, hey, it's your turn to go to work. I've been working and supporting you through school. It's time for you to work and support me through school. That seemed fair to me. You know, a dropout in a Buddhist studies program doesn't really lay groundwork for a job. So I had to go back to something I knew, something I'd studied when I was younger, something that I was interested in, money. I went to Wall Street and I interviewed at a few different Wall Street firms and Dean Witter decided they would hire me. And I started at Dean Witter and literally the interview went something like this. Can you cold call? Yes, you're hired. It was just that simple. So I started off making 300 calls a day and that was in 1996. Three years, I was very successful in my cohort. We had 400 people start in a cohort, went to training in Weehawken, New Jersey at the Dean Witter world headquarters. Within three years, there's only four of us left. I was very successful in that cohort, but I didn't like what I was doing. I was selling stocks. I was selling mutual funds. I was selling high commission products because that's how I was paid. I shifted firms. In the first five years of my career, I was at seven different Wall Street firms. Being at seven different Wall Street firms teaches you a lot of lessons. None of the firms are really out for the best interests of the client. They all give it good lip service. They're not out for the best interests of the client. That doesn't mean the people that work there are bad people. I had great peers that did their absolute best in a structure that made them serve two masters. So in 2001, I set up my own company and my company became Mindful Money. I had probably 300 customers and I had six people that let me get deeper into their lives and do some financial planning with them. And I invited those six people to come with me and I asked them what they wanted in the new firm. And they said, there's two things they wanted. They wanted deeper planning and more education. So for the last 20 plus years, that has been where I have focused. And that is the source of this podcast. So after 20 years running a financial planning firm, something happened to sort of shock my entire life. My brother was swimming in the Pacific Ocean and he drowned in June of 2021. He and I had talked for years about coming together and trying to work within a firm together. In 2004, we had actually set up a company for the two of us to work together in called Workers Financial. We incorporated it in California and our intention was to do basically what the world has done in finance, that what venture capital and private equity has done in finance in digitizing everything. Venture capital did it with a huge profit motive. 
we wanted to do it to actually make it less expensive and give access to all kinds of people. My brother was a technologist. He had an MBA from Cal. He was very, very smart. I was looking forward to just being the person that offered advice and letting him handle the technology and the corporate structure and the management of the team and all those sorts of things. Together, we were going to change the financial services world. When he died, it changed everything for me. About six months later, by the end of the year, 2021, I had merged my financial planning practice into a larger firm, EP Wealth. I'm very happy to be a partner at EP Wealth. I am very excited to serve my clients in the space or in the company EP Wealth. And at the same time, I'm very excited to be more educational, recommit to those things that I know provide better financial outcomes for people that don't have access to the same financial services environment as we provide at places like EP Wealth. I've always worked with very wealthy people, and I've always been frustrated that I've been unable to work with people that are less wealthy. So starting a podcast now, after the change, is honoring my brother's legacy. It's something that we were going to do together. We can't do it together. And I really wanted to be able to find a way that I could have a greater impact on more people, help people build wealth, help people have less stress around money, help people understand that there are decisions they can make that can give them a better outcome, but help them understand that there's a lot of decisions that people are calling them to make that can't actually give them a better outcome and really draw a line between those things that are beneficial to better outcomes and those things that can't provide better outcomes that everyone's telling us we have to do or focus on. And really it just saps energy and saps time. And we don't need to think about it at all. It can't be additive to the long term. The reason mindful money, why mindful? You know, when I changed the name of my firm from DO Wealth Management to Mindful Money, I was worried about the squishiness of it. I was worried that people would think it's too soft and not really be applicable in the world of finance. The reality is mindfulness is critical in any environment that involves stressful decision-making. Money is stressful. Money takes enormous volumes of time and mental space. We worry about it constantly. All you got to do is turn on the radio, the television. You see money. Money is portrayed as consistently a pain point in everyone's life. I don't care if they're wealthy, if they're not wealthy. It's a pain point for everyone. It doesn't have to be this way. Mindfulness is the non-judgmental awareness of the present moment. That non-judgmental awareness is hugely beneficial in a space where you can't make brilliant decisions. You have to make sufficiently good decisions. The more brilliant you try to become, the more things break, the more assumptions you have to build into it, the more smoke and mirrors you fall prey to, the more of other people's agenda move your decision-making. For the last 18 months, things like cryptocurrency have been at the front lines of the financial press. The question I've been asked a thousand times is, do I have to invest in cryptocurrency? Should I invest in cryptocurrency? And I would say just like the internet circa 1992, it's something that's going to become important. It isn't critical to focus all your energy on right now. In fact, nothing is that important if you invest the way we're going to talk about. And investing is only part of the story. We want to make this as simple as possible so anyone can do it. We want to make it as simple as possible so that you can spend your brain cycles doing something else, things that you are really wanting to do. That's why I focus so much on things like artists and entrepreneurs, focus on authors and people that are building something that aren't here. I'm going to operate with two different rubrics here. Everything we're going to talk about is focused on better outcomes. 
But let's put money into four categories. There's earning money, there's spending money, there's saving money, there's investing money. Now, within spending, you may borrow to spend. So debt will fit inside there as well. And maybe some of that spending isn't spending, maybe it's giving. We also wanna talk about in any environment, whether it's money or relationships or health or stopping smoking or whatever the thing is, whatever the challenges you're facing, there are five important life lessons that we build upon. And this is straight out of the mindfulness psychology, okay? There is awareness. You first have to be aware of the problem. There is focus. You have to be able to focus on finding solutions to that problem. There's practice or the work. You've got to do the things that help you overcome that problem. Then there's flexibility. Sometimes the things you start out doing that might one day overcome the problem don't work. You have to be flexible, you have to pivot, you have to change paths. And this goes back to that first point. You have to have the awareness that, hey, this isn't working. I think the way I thought it was gonna working, I gotta make a change. And then the final piece, and this is critical, you have to persist. You have to be resilient. You have to not stop moving forward. If you can do those five things, you can fix your finances, you can fix your relationships, you can fix your health, you can fix your life. We wanna use those five things in the context of money. But again, remember, we're talking about increasing our happiness dividend. So we're gonna, from time to time, pivot. We're gonna shift out of money. We're gonna talk about how this affects your relationship because money and relationships are intimately tied. Sometimes we're gonna talk about health because health and money are intimately tied. Money is something that affects every area of our lives to the extent that we can use awareness, focus, practice, flexibility, and persistence to improve money, we can improve the rest of our lives. Looking forward, we're going to see two different kinds of episodes in this podcast. The first kind of episode you're going to see, it's going to be topical. We're going to take an issue like retirement planning. We're going to take maybe even this smaller sliver of that issue, how the right kinds of earning, spending, saving, and investing can be used to improve that retirement planning income. The second kind of show you're going to see is you're going to see us interview people who have successfully applied the lessons or who have learned the lessons through trial and error. We're going to talk to both kinds of folks. In the world of financial media and financial advice, everyone is selling something. So the question we have to ask ourselves, again, they're all selling something, but which people are selling things that can actually provide value for me? Who should I listen to? Who can I trust? One of the episodes that we're going to go through, or some of the episodes that we're going to go through in this is we're going to talk to advisors. We're going to talk to advisors and ask them about their circles of competence. Where is it that they think that they can actually offer value? And how does that line up with where people think, where people that come to them think they're going to seek that value? In my own case, there's a question I ask every single person that sits in front of us in terms of they want to use us as their advisors. I ask them, and I put it in quotes, what does performance mean to them? Nine times out of 10, the answer has something to do with a benchmark performance, how you do relative to the S&P or how you do relative to some blended benchmark. And my follow-up question is a simple one. Do you want your future to be predictable or not? If you want it to be predictable, then you cannot base performance on a benchmark because that is the benchmark. Your foundation is completely unpredictable. So if you want to have a predictable future, you can't use a baseline of something that's unpredictable. So Performance should always be, are we getting closer to our goals? It should not be, how have we done relative to some irrelevant benchmark? It should be, what am I doing? What are the steps I'm taking? How am I doing relative to where I want to go? 
You can talk to coaches. You can talk to athletic trainers. This is how it all works. This is how money works. This is how health works. This is how it all works. You baseline yourself. This is where I am. That's where I want to go. How do I get from here to there? I judge my success or failure based on, am I getting closer to the place I want to go or am I getting further away? That's what performance is. So we're going to talk to advisors and we're going to talk to clients and entrepreneurs, artists, and authors. And we're going to talk to them about what they provide of value. And then to artists, authors, and entrepreneurs, what is it they seek? What is it they place value on? And we're going to see where those things line up. We're going to see that sometimes they don't line up. And that's hopefully what we can learn or what you can learn by listening to this podcast is you can learn to test whether or not you can trust somebody based on where they lay down their circle of competence. If they lay down their circle of competence on something that they cannot predict or control, that's not trustworthy. If they're laying down the circle of competence on something that they can predict or can help you manage, then that's someone you can trust. I hope that makes sense. I'm really excited to share this with you. We're going to do this every single week. As we go along, if there's somebody you'd like me to interview, tell me. I'll reach out to them specifically and I will do an interview. Since you're listening to this, then the episode is live. And I always like to ask for two quick things. First, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help. It'll help you stay in touch with the content. It helps us reach out to you. So I appreciate that subscription. And like or follow and share. Share this with a friend. Share this with somebody. Share it on social media. The second thing I'd like to ask is, you know, you've listened thus far. Hopefully you're still listening. And maybe you agree with me that this can actually really change somebody's life. If you do agree with me and you think it can change somebody's life, why wouldn't you share it with them? I really appreciate it. Please visit us at mindful.money. That's not mindfulmoney.com. That's mindful.money. And I'm really excited to go on this journey with you and stay tuned for episode one.